0: Ooh, baby.
1: Welcome to the real wolf record club my name is joe i'm your host here on the real wolf record club and with me as always is the real wolf record club panel hannah and ben oh i'm so tired of saying this but we have such a great show we really do we I, like would it be bad if i put i came here and i'm like this is a shit show i'm sorry about this. no it's not it's a great it's always a great show we're here we're talking music with good people with good friends with talented people uh it's a, always a great show. Uh, it's it, we got a hot one today. Uh and maybe hot isn't the right word. It's it's maybe sultry or smooth or sensual, maybe? I don't know. That sounds right. Uh a Ste- record steamy. Steamy? It's kind of a lot of alliteration there. Um it's something. It's it's an album that definitely is something. Uh it's it's one that simmers. There's another S. Over 13 tracks of Moody, Sexy, Neo Soul. It's an album that was spun out of the All right, I was. Like S's again, Soul Quarians, orbit with influence, production, creative support from the likes of Questlove, Q-Tip, Method Man, Raphael Saadiq, among others. The record went platinum as and was just about on everyone's album of the year list in 2000, including being named album of the year by Time Magazine, which is sort of laughed at because if you know your Bob Dylan history, he's like, I'm not gonna read Time Magazine. But anyways, I thought that was a big deal, uh, worth mentioning at least. Um, But many of you may know this album, if you're like me. I knew some of it, uh, but I definitely remember the video for the Grammy Award-winning song untitled, How Does It Feel?, If you know nothing else about this song and anything else I've just told you about it, you know that it features a music video. And some of our listeners may want to pause the podcast and go check out on that, Uh, the the song Untitled, How Does It Feel? Of course, of course, which is off the great neo-soul classic, Voodoo, by D'Angelo. And with us to discuss that great record is a singer, songwriter, instrumentalist who has just released a new album titled Something in the Water, that is every bit as sultry, smooth, sensual, and amazing as Mr. D'Angelo's record. Uh, Our guest is a trumpeter and vocalist and an original member of the Trey Anastasio Band and has shared the stage and recorded with the likes of Herbie Hancock, Fish, Christian McBride, Tom Petty, Aaron Neville, Carlos Santana, The Rolling Stones, Dave Matthews, holy fuck, and countless others. Our guest is such an amazing talent that when I mentioned to a friend... (laughs) Shout out to the uh, Tom Amansky softball team in uh, the Twin Cities uh, that she was coming on the show. He's a big fish fan. And he said two things. Number one, he said she crushes horns and vocals. That's an that's a actual quote. And number two, can I call in? Uh, and when I explained that most podcasts are not Colin shows, he looked a little disturbed, and he may be texting me any moment to ask if again he can call in. Uh, our guest is the one, the only Jennifer Hartswick here on the Real Wolf Record Club. Welcome to the show, Jha.
0: Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> that is your nickname, right? Yes. j how means. did that? How did how did J-Ha come about? Well,
0: it's Jen Hartswick. It's just J Hartswick, so it's just J H A. It's not that complicated. I'm like, I wish I had an amazing story. For, I have a lot of amazing stories. That's not one of them.
1: Got it. All right. like Why J-Lo, it... only
0: J-Ha. <laughs>
1: we, we have talked about other nicknames on this show, and I was like, oh, that's going that
0: to be hard-hitting stuff. She's going to be like,
1: let me tell you about let this night. Let me tell you
0: about when I was six years old. Now, like just my the initials from my name.
1: Um, well, with that, I mean, speaking of hard-hitting questions, let's get the hard stuff out of the way. Um, oh, okay. You, you do indeed, I mean, technically crush- Horns and vocals correct
0: i mean i i feel like that is my profession it's my profession to do those those things in no particular order
1: <laughs> well it's you know i mean here we are it's the fall of 2022 you just put out a record you just played red rocks you've been touring you've been doing lots of shows this year um uh, in a variety of areas what's what's it been like kind of a whirlwind among other things i mean to put out a new record and and rushing anything anywhere in this world is is a good thing right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um, this year for so many of us has just been complete insanity because we weren't really allowed to go do this for about a year and a half or more in some cases. So normally there's like a nice ebb and flow to which bands I'm in are on tour. Oh, this is like more like a spring and a fall band. This is more like a summer Mm -hmm. or winter band. Um, But now everyone is out all at the same time. Um, because we were all out of work at the same time. So everyone is on tour at the same time saying yes to everything. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've been gone since January. I think I've probably been home like a total of 20 days and we're in November. So that's what it's like. Uh, (laughs) And it's been a lot of work with Trey. It's been, um, I put out a record in mid-September. So it's been trying to tour that record in the cracks. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I mean, we're all grateful to be out there uh we're all exhausted <laughs> and uh, and that's just the truth but, yeah you know I love my job so that's nice well
1: and we talked before before we started a little bit about silver linings and, and you know the things that might have come out and, and that record you mentioned something in the water it, I mean it, it is if you know I mean I've read a little bit about it the, the background is a little bit of that silver lining and that you couldn't tour and yeah. now you got a record I mean tell me about that how did that record yeah. come together
0: No, absolutely. We, we were all home and that's not usually the case. Usually it takes so much planning to get everybody together and then something comes up. And that was the beautiful part about it was that nothing was coming up and nothing was going to come up. So, um, we wrote the record and recorded it with, without anybody having to go out on tour and and say, Oh, sorry, I gotta reschedule that. So, um, that was pretty purposeful. Mm. Um, and it was really nice to be able to play music in a time where we couldn't play music and write music and hang out. And um, we we did it here in Nashville at this awesome, um, just great studio here. Sound
1: and Emporium, right?
0: Sound Emporium, yeah. There's just like such a vibe. It's not like a, you know, cookie cutter um, st- sterile studio. It's got I, we recorded something in the water in the same room that the Gambler was recorded in. Wow which is like one of the rooms in this place. Like we did it yeah. in the big room and they were like, Oh yeah, that's where, uh, that's where they recorded that. You like right he, like right here. There's it's the size of this the spot. <laughs> it's D. There's no like, Oh, they did it in the big room and they didn't no, they did it right there. Mm. That will live with me forever.
1: I mean, but you, you're obviously hitting on, you know, something that I'm just always fascinated. Generally aside from music is this idea of space and place and location and, on you know literally on the globe somewhere there's some space that's perfect for something and what what is it about Nashville I mean aside from the Sound Emporium which is like you said such a, a famous studio but what is it about Nashville that is such a great music town
0: Nashville's cool because um, I think it's you know it's really known for, for, by the public for one thing but then once you get in here you realize that so many different kinds of records get made made here and the the type of musician who lives here is just a different type of musician. It's not better, it's not worse. It's just, it's very specific. There's so many musicians here who never even leave. They never tour, they're just the studio guys. Mm -hmm. And when you know you want a string section that sounds like this, you know exactly who to call. When you need backup vocals that sound like this, you know exactly who to call. It's very specific um, Mm -hmm. and need-based. That's very new for me um Mm -hmm. living in new york or chicago that it doesn't feel like that to me um and and really um i spend so little time here because i'm always on the road so for me to sort of like put my nashville stamp on the album felt felt good to me it felt like okay this is where i am i've been here 10 years Mm -hmm. and and probably physically i've been here maybe a total of one of those years so mm-hmm. and always very sporadic. So it felt good to just say this is where I'm at right now. And, and I do love this town and I wanted I wanted to be a part of it and I wanted it to be a part of the album. So
1: mm-hmm. the places that you've played um, recently, I mean, you know, talking about places and spaces, is there a I don't want to say there's a vibe, a Nashville vibe. You know, you put it you know that Nashville stamp you've put on the record, but. You know things that you're looking for to play this record in because it's definitely got that feel it definitely has the sound that it should be played in a certain type of room i I would tell our listeners it should be played in every type of room it's that good but (laughs) but there's a certain sound that the the album has i mean what what type of room do you envision it being played
0: in um that's a great question i feel like you know the arrangements are are deeper than and more sophisticated than your average party band you know mm-hmm. um so it's probably gonna make a little more sense in like i won't say like a listening room but a, like a, like where, so where people are paying attention mm-hmm. rather than like grabbing a beer at the bar um right. so wherever those are in your city you know uh um, <laughs> right. whether it's like we just played city winery in chicago you know mm-hmm. where it's like people were paying attention you can still drink and hang out with your friends but um, I think that, you know, at least I hope that the the arrangements and the content are worth actually paying attention to. <laughs> and sometimes that's not the case, but
1: well, and there's 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 narrative aspects too. that. I mean, and that's true. You know, there's plenty of music that has that. But there's that story that comes through in, in some of the songs for sure. And, yeah. you know, I think that lends itself to what you're talking about, which is this is an album that, you know, deserves your attention and, and pulls you in. What what has it been like? trying to tour in a whatever you feel about the pandemic and where it's at uh there's a lot of the world that is for a lot of good reasons and and some crazy reasons but ready to move on and ready to get back to it what has it been like trying to find places and spaces to play and create and and collaborate
0: yeah it's uh now it's pretty wide open um there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of care and concern um for that anymore Mm -hmm. but really like even go back, you know, six or eight months, really like the beginning of this year when everything was just like, all right, cool. But it, everything had their own protocol. I mean, we had within last last year, last September, Trey's band went on tour and, um, you know, we were so hardcore bubbled up and weren't allowed to see anybody, weren't allowed mm-hmm. to... We didn't go out on our days off. We didn't have guests. We had nobody backstage. It was just us, masked 100% of the time, unless you're at your microphone. It's like everything that we were, quote unquote, supposed to be doing. And then one by one, we all got it. I was Mm. the first. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I got it, and then Natalie got it, and then our sax player got it. And then, uh, you know, it just like, it just snowballed from there. And so no matter... How you take care of yourself, it's sort of inevitable that it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But I think once that started happening, once people realized that they, like, no matter how hard you try, Uh, Mm -hmm. it's just going to be what it is. I think people started to open their doors up a little more and and people started to come out a lot more. Um, And then once you get it once or twice, I mean, you got it in Nashville. How was it? (laughs) Hey,
1: listeners, just so you know, I got COVID in Nashville. Uh, (laughs) Nashville is that, but you're you're hitting on exactly that thing. I mean, you know, we were plenty safe and we went to Nashville. We had a day, we had a great time. We actually saw uh the nitty gritty dirt band at Ryman Auditorium and i i'm not not a i'm not a country guy but i'm not not a country guy and we saw them there it's it's airing on PBS next year if you want to see the place where i got covid live and in action it was at the Ryman
2: Auditorium. Ah. <laughs>
1: but but you're right i mean there comes a point and that's where this podcast we've said it before on the show that's where this podcast comes from um i don't know of too many probably on on this show right now too many other people who are more in love and obsessed with music uh right i mean ben and we have so many shows together hannah and i have so many shows together and you you get to a point where i you sort of need it and we couldn't have it and there was no one playing and you couldn't go anywhere so we said let's get together let's start talking about it and i just love that rap in for you that that's also what Some of our favorite artists were doing. They were creating records. They were finding ways to to stay active. And here we are now reaping the benefits. Um let's let's talk. Let's, you know, we'll talk about the other hard stuff here. This is the easy stuff. Um, because I know some fish. I know a little bit about fish. I know enough about fish to know the friends who like fish, who are obsessed with fish, which by the way, if you know nothing about fish, go Google, find their website, find their forums. It's a great way to get. Lost and lose track of time and space for a while about all the references and the nuances, or get
0: really annoyed and immediately leave. It's going to be one or the other. It'll be like, I cannot with these people, and then. But the like,
1: passion, oh, no. the no. passion, right? There are they the Lord of the Rings? No, Lord of the Rings isn't. What's what's dorky? Is it the? Is it are they the Dungeons and Dragons fans of music? Is you that the dorky ask reference? I have
0: to answer that question these people paid my bills
1: <laughs> you already said get you they annoy you
0: no 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 i just said it's a possibility it's that a possibility. like if you're either gonna be like wow this is amazing or what the fuck are these people talking about this is so annoying it's gonna be it's, one we have
1: a we have a friend uh who is our first guest on the show uh he's done some artwork for fish uh done some artwork for trey ward sutton and he has done some artwork that I don't get the references. I'm trying to know sure. the context. I'm like, I don't get the reference. But the fans are like, yep, yep, yep. Got it, got it, got it. Um, it is a very, very super specific fan base in the sense that they pay attention to everything. But um, how how did you get connected to Fish? I mean, to that story, I think I, I, I know. I heard you tell it in another way. And it's such a cool story. I mean, that had to be the most serendipitous band concert for a 16-year-old ever.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so we... Uh God, how far do you want me to back up? Um, I was sixteen years old playing in my high school jazz band. We had a um competition that we did one time a year. We won every year. Like it was an incredible band. Um such and a humble
1: brag. We crushed the, it every year. Well, we, like did. listen, our high school <laughs> band was killer, bro,
0: but it really was like <laughs> You know, we yeah. won every year for like, I don't know, 40 years in a row or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the judges was this um, incredible musician from Burlington, Vermont, named Dave Grippo. And he mm-hmm. walked backstage and he was like, you're having way too much fun for me to not be in a band with you. Are your parents here? And I said, well, yeah, my <laughs> mom's here. And I mean, I was like, oh, my God, Steve Dave Grippo. Oh, my God. He's like a legend, you know? Yeah. And so he was like, Mrs. Hartswick. I want to. I want your daughter to be in a band with me, and she said okay. <laughs> so I started playing with him all the time in like a a jazz setting, in like a huge funk band setting. Um, and he was really good friends with Trey, and um, Trey needed a trumpet player for some uh, record that he was working on. And I mm-hmm. knew who Fish was, but I was a t- super like jazz and classical nerd and couldn't care less about Fish and whatever. Uh, and so Trey left me a message on my parents voice, you know, I'm uh, not voicemail at that point. It was an actual machine. A little yeah. Tiny yeah. It was 1997. <laughs> um, and he's like, hi, um, my name's Trey. Uh, I play with a band of fish. Um, I cut your name. It was so apologetic. And he's like, um, I got your name from Dave Grippo. Anyway, goes on to say, I have this session next week. I would love for you to play. Sends me the music ahead of time. I go next week. I play this super weird avant-garde song with him and think, this guy's weird. I'm never going to see him again. This is fun, though. And we <laughs> went our own separate ways. I went to school, hated it, quit. Um, and as I was pulling out of the driveway with like no plans, um, my cell phone rang in whatever it would have been like early 2000 and it was Trey he's like, what are you doing? I said, ah, I just quit school 10 minutes ago. And I don't know mm. what I'm doing, but he said, Oh, I just, you want to be in a band with me? I said, sure. And he said, well, uh, okay, where are you? And then four hours away, he goes, okay, come to the house. We'll still be here rehearsing when you get here. And then we were on tour two weeks later
3: wow. and that
0: it was 22 years ago. God. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, yeah. That's how we started working together. <laughs> yeah, but, are you going to
3: be in a band with me? I guess so. I, <laughs> I got mean, nothing we got nothing else going
1: on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, if you, I mean, you're you're a 16 year old in the mid 90s, and this all starts, you know, 16 to 20 to whatever it was to to. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, did you have any concept of like, you know, like you said, you didn't know who Fish was, but it was like, I mean, these uh, these guys are legit. They're onto something. It, you know, did you have any sense of that when you when you started playing with them?
0: um thankfully no because i think it would have changed everything if i had some pre pre preconceived notion about them or their level of fame i mean i knew who they were because they were from vermont and so was i Mm -hmm. and it was inescapable it was you know all my hippie friends were smoking we didn't listen to fish i couldn't care less Mm -hmm. um and so um but i think it really would have changed things if i was nervous or cared you know Um, but I got to sort of just come in as me. And that's one of the beautiful things about Trey is that, you know, he didn't even have like a position for me to play. This was like, Mm -hmm. I really liked, um, I liked playing with you and I liked your attitude and you came in and you did a good job and it'd be fun if you just like came along with us, you know, there was no Mm -hmm. expectation of me, of him for me. Um, you know, I thought like, okay, well we have this two week tour and we'll just go on the road for two weeks with that turn Mm -hmm. in 20 years. (laughs) so it's i
1: mean that seems almost like a a great way to you know encapsulate what maybe some of the improvisation or improv style music you know jam bands is which is a lack of preset pretense and open-mindedness i mean are those are those prerequisites for good music or good art
0: yes for good art yeah yeah i think you you come in and set your ego aside and say how can i serve that's Mm. like that's the whole point is how can i help how can i support how can i serve um and it becomes very much um, uh, just a, a night of communication I may mean, I always say that at the end of a show at the end of a tab show I'm so mentally exhausted because all we do all night long is play off of each other and pay attention to each other and mm. you know if we'll we'll be in the middle of a sound check one time and Trey'll stop and be like Jen what's the pattern on the hi hat And if you can't sing back what Russ is playing on the hi-hat in that moment, then you weren't paying attention. This is not like Mm. ripping guitar solos for four hours a night. This is like (laughs) sophisticated, like if you're not paying attention, you're not paying attention. So, um, So that's sort of how we approach the band is like, how can we serve and support each other? And it's a really great lesson for life. It's a great lesson that carries on, you know, into other projects, other bands. Bands that you lead, bands that you're mm-hmm. a sideman of, you know, it's just a, it's, um, it's a great way to be and, and something that not many people, um, really practice.
1: Mm-hmm. Is, is that something that you've, you know, retrospectively after 20 years, look back and saw the influence that that's had on you? Or is it something that you're so hyper-focused as you do it for so long, because you have to be that you just can recognize that's how I write music now, or that's how I play with different players now? Is it, I mean, is it that conscious or is it something that's just now a part of you?
0: Um, it still takes a lot of concentration. Um, Mm -hmm. it's still very much a a conscious thought because, you know, you can drift off and, you know, see something cool happening in the audience and then say, oh shit, I'm doing a job. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely gotten easier, um, over the last 20 years, but, um, Uh, and and the band has changed a lot and we've all changed a lot you know you're talking about going from 20 to 42 there's a lot of growth that happens in those years and some 36 to 50 set you know like right everyone we've been together for so long and seen each other through so many changes um you know and musical and otherwise life changes and all that kind of stuff so that all plays into it
2: Mm.
1: Um, you know, the last year you've played all kinds of places. What's your favorite type of room or setting, or maybe even specifically place to play and with who, I mean, is it your own music? Is it playing with another band? Is it collaborating? What's your setting, your ideal setting?
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think each band has an ideal setting for me. My music will always feel the most personal and the most authentic, um, the place where I get to say what I want to say. Um, and with the people I want to say it. Um, And so for me, any time I get to play um, a listening room, and I I mean like even like 30 people, Mm -hmm. like 100 people, 50 people, where everyone's seated and paying attention and came there to listen specifically, um, it's super special to be able to play for people like that. Um, You know, every time... We go to Red Rocks. It's so special, it, and that's that's on with a with a different band. I fronted a band not too long ago, like a month ago. There with that was the first time I I've probably played at Red Rocks like twenty or twenty five times in my life. Mm. It's still astonishing every time I go there. I'm just like, I'm completely floored that this place exists and it doesn't matter who I'm there with, but I got to like, see my own name on the marquee for the first time a couple of months ago and I freaked out. It was really <laughs> special, man. I was like, this is like real, I got, I got you know, yeah. I wound up real hard. And um, anyway, so that's really special, but um, I think for me, it's just special that people want to listen. I know that sounds cheesy, but that's really what it is. Like any, anywhere that people are, are willing to spend their time with you and Mm -hmm. spend their money on you. And, you know, I feel completely obligated every single time to provide them with something. Mm -hmm. And the way that I look at it is that I, I'm not like a musician for a living. I get to spread joy for a living. Like somebody had a shitty day comes to hang out and then leaves having had a better night than, than the day they started out with. And that, um, I don't know, that's an honor to me to be able to do that for people. So Mm. that's how I look at my job.
1: I, I, that's, that's such a cool thing to, to, to phrase it that way. I get to spread joy for a living Um, among other things you could be spreading for a living. That's, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. One Who wants to do Um, what, what is it? I mean, you, you must've had a supportive family situation music wise, because I don't know, the 90s were different, I guess. But, you know, you get (laughs) hey, 16-year-old, you know, come record on a session. And then that turns into a lifelong career of, like, just collaboration and creation and recording. I mean,
0: Um, did you
1: you come from music? Did you come from people who played?
0: Yeah, I came from a big musical family. Um, They're all classical musicians and all world-class classical Mm. musicians. I, I always say that I am the worst musician in my family, and I really do mean that um but they also recognize because they're all creative they all all recognize that we're not gonna have the same career path as someone with a very nine to five job you know Mm. and that's the way that they were raised um you know my mom was one of five kids they were all musicians their her parents were musicians my grandparents on that side of the family my grandma was a trumpet player you know, born in the thirties was a trumpet player. And so I had all these aunties who were all brass players growing up um, and I think I knew so young what I wanted to do that there was never a question. It was like, what they're gonna make me like go Mm. to college for literature, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) I was like obsessed with music at all times. Um, and performing in all times from the time, you know, I was four years old on. So they knew that there was no chance for me to do anything else and however they could support, they were gonna support. Um, and so I think the biggest supportive thing that they ever did for me was never tell me that I couldn't do something. Mm. And really like, it, it wasn't like, you can be anything you want. It was just like, there was never any negativity surrounding anything I wanted to do. And one of the coolest lessons I learned was also like when my, when my friends were all getting jobs in high school, like, you know, 15 years old, whatever, everybody's getting jobs at the gas station. And I went to my mom and I said, I, I really want to, you know, I want to get a job. And she said, okay, well, why do you want to j- get a job? I said, because I want money. Okay, what do you want to do? I was like, oh, I don't know, I want to work at the gas station or something. <laughs> and she said, okay, well, what are you good at? Straight up. I was like a sophomore in high school. What are you good at? I said, well, I'm good at music. She's like, is there some way that you can incorporate in your job something that you're good at where you can help people? And so I developed a 14 day jazz improvisational curriculum at oh my 14, God. 15 years old. And people paid a bunch of money. I rented out a space. They came every single day for 14 days in the summer. And I, it was incredible for me to be able to have that under my belt. Um, everything that came along with it, dealing with parents, dealing with students, dealing with, with students that were having a hard time, students that were, mm. you know, sailing through, uh, making a curriculum, things that I thought were important. Um, and not to mention, like, you know, I made more money than any of my friends did all year. So it was a pretty incredible lesson in, like, <laughs> yes, but how can this be
1: Yeah. You
0: know, for both of us? Not, like, how can you serve yeah. and also get what you need in return. So Ugh. that's um, that's the kind of ridiculous, beautiful family that I grew up in.
1: Well, you know, you're not a podcaster. And so you don't have the burden of being a podcaster and hearing how basic you are. When I'm like 14, and my parents had a good idea, why don't you go work at the subway sandwich shop that yeah. your brother works at? Right through. I mean, that was cool. So uh, that's <laughs> just such a. I mean, that's just uh, the, the the. I love that. I love that. I love that because you're also one of the many talented, awesome guests that we've had that has also told us how, um, at a very young age they were very clearly in just interested in performing, interested in doing that. And the fact that you had that support to grow and to do what you want in a way that was kind of guided, but kind of do your own thing, kid, is just awesome.
0: Definitely. It was supported, but it was very much like you figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know, if this is what you want to do, you figure it out and we'll support you.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, it's, you know, we're ending, ending a year here on a high note. We've had a great, great, uh, start to the show so many great guests and you're you're so happy to talk to you what is next you've got something in the water out you've got shows lined up what's the next wraparound around here what's coming for for Jennifer Hartswick aka jha
0: jha if you will um <laughs> i that's it it's like my i'm a I'm a perpetual touring machine mm-hmm. um that's in the immediate future um, exactly what we'll do, because we didn't really get a chance to tour the album uh, in the fall. So the spring will be full of shows and good stuff and travel, um, and we shall see. We'll see mm. what else um, What else it all brings.
1: I love that. Well, that, I think, I think, if I'm checking, as I say, checks notes, that brings us to our favorite part of the interview with all of our guests here on The Real Wolf yeah, Record Club. Doing. It is time for Ched Talk. Jayha, Jennifer Hartswick, are you ready to play Ched Talk?
0: Absolutely not, but go ahead. <laughs> I want to know how many times you've said the name of your program incorrectly.
1: My program?
0: Well, Real yeah, Wolf the Record, Record of, Club. You know, yeah, Real Wolf Club—that one that I would say with like half W. Real Wolf
1: Record Club. Real <laughs> yeah. Wolf Record Club. I—I I feel like I enunciated pretty good, but
0: no. No, you do i'm just saying like how long did it take you <laughs> i because you when know, you came out swinging i was like damn he really like enunciated that really well and i would have said it like a five-year-old
1: it's um no i'll give yourself more credit um yeah. it's the, <laughs> there's it's there's a uh level of bullshit that lawyers and podcasters have to Fair engage enough. in and if Fair i can enough. do one thing it's get my damn show name correct so there you go uh that's a great point real wolf record club if you've been Mm -hmm. misspelling it and missing our show please spell it correctly on spotify and all the places you get your (laughs) podcast ched talk it is so here we go with ched talk first question we already know from the top of the show that you crush horns and vocals in equal measures what's something that you also crush that someone may not know
0: cooking
1: Cooking. I will fuck shit
0: up in the kitchen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. <laughs>
1: I'm, wait, I will fuck. I'm picturing like pots slamming stuff.
0: <laughs> it's always going to be musical. I will also play the pots and pans as I ah. cook an amazing meal for you. But yeah, that's that's it. If I wasn't a musician, I would be a chef. What so, do you cook? Period. Anything you want.
1: Okay. What do you like to cook? What's one thing? If you're to say I, I love cooking this, I love the outcome. What is it? Oh. I just made Brunswick stew, by the way.
0: Oh, all right. See, it,
1: it's hipster city all over new york times i took it i cooked it i left out the squirrel it's amazing so <laughs> That's what's interesting
0: i was gonna say squirrel pot pie is my favorite thing to cook and Steve, is it really uh... you bought it do you buy
1: it <laughs> no i don't buy it but do you actually cook it
0: <laughs> listen i grew up in the woods of vermont man we cook everything small wild game suppers let's go badger i got you all day
1: no, you don't eat bad- I, I was like, University of Minnesota gopher fan. I love that you uh, eat badger. Did you actually eat badger? No. <laughs> ben, edit that out in post. I want to make it sound cooler like she did actually. Yeah. <laughs> Just quick save. Here
0: you go. Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> totally did. totally oh,
1: did. I love that. All right. Second question here on Ched Talk saxophone, trombone, tuba. Weirdest. Brass instrument.
0: Oh, trombone, for sure.
1: <laughs> We're gonna have to go to the booth for review on that one. It's gotta be tuba, doesn't oh, it? No
0: way. Weirdest? Weirdest. Listen, I'm gonna set my camera back. Um, here's what you do with a tuba. Here's what you do with a trombone. And like the if you if you're th- like a centimeter off with this position then it's a completely different note like we get we get valves trombone players get nothing <laughs> listen i played tuba my entire life i'm telling you a is weirder
1: but why okay so you're playing you're one of the weird not weirdest but kind of weirdo brass kids uh yeah, how did you no, get to trump- I own how did you shit. get to trumpet then
0: um because tuba was too big <laughs>
1: I don't like this one. It's too big.
0: <laughs> no, Trumpet was just, like loud and obnoxious, and I'm a Leo, and I was like, "Yes, please!" All of this—that's <laughs> really what it boiled down to.
1: Um. Okay. Well, so then, all right, we'll go one further. a Bonus question: uh, weirdest player of trombone? What was it? Saxophone, trombone, or tuba?
0: Oh, like, like as a generalization, the people who play those instruments. Yes, who's the totally.
1: Weirdest? Generalization. Who's the weirdest? Yeah.
0: Definitely Duba. <laughs> wow, that's what I was going for.
1: <laughs> like, you know that guy. You're like.
0: Speaking of the Dungeons and Dragons of Browse players.
1: Tuba guy. Tuba, tuba guy. guy.
0: Always a strange
1: bird. You're going to Comic Con next week, right? Got yep, it. Yep. See you there, bud.
0: <laughs> yeah. They were always my friends. But they, they were a stranger.
1: If you are a Tuba player, just know. I love you. We love and you. I wish
0: you. I I wish you more notes than you get to play.
1: (laughs) Uh, Third question here on Ched Talk with Jayha Jennifer Hartswick. What is your favorite fish song? And before you answer that, that is a question I have to ask. I have to ask that question because they're all listening and they're going to go right down and they're going to go look up and say, well, she played this one that one time and she listened to this one and she popped in on this one. They want to know. Your did your friend call
0: hunter. in and ask this question? No. <laughs> I,
1: I actually, I did text Can him a while ask ago. Her? <laughs> I texted him notes and I just said, Tell me a question you want to know. And then he just responded, not answering the question. She crushes horns and vocals. Oh. Thanks for the insight, bro. Um, yeah. He, big fan, though. That uh, would
0: indicate that I knew the fish catalog. And as a person who is not in the band Fish and has maybe, in 25 years seen the band like maybe eight times Mm. um
1: uh, she's not looking this up on spotify right now she's not googling
0: it i'm looking you dead in the eye and giving you everyone's bathroom song which is i'm gonna say petrichor which i'm gonna get a lot of shit for and they're gonna be like that's a lie i'm gonna be like listen to each his own
1: and, you know, we would invite all of our listeners to give her plenty of shit and follow us on yeah. Real Wolf Record Club. Go to- yes,
0: Real Wolf Record Club. <laughs> generate, yeah. a,
1: generate a viral storm about this. We would love that here
2: at yeah. the Real Wolf Record but Club. But
0: then also go check out the song if you have 29 free minutes. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> that
1: just sounds like an investment um, that I'm totally yeah. ready to have if yes, you are ready. Fish fans. Um, <laughs> next question here on Ched Talk. This is, a, this is a sincere one. Who is one person, and one person only, and I'm going to just say it can't be Dave Grippo and it can't be Trey, mm-hmm. that you would not be here without? Wherever it is you are in the universe, which we think is great places musically, great places personally, one person you would not be here without?
0: I mean, for every reason, musical, personal, all of that kind of stuff, um, without question, my mom.
2: <sighs>
0: That's just in every respect that's just the honest answer um, I've had a lot of amazing mentors in my life and all that kind of stuff but um, she's like the the one person who man mm. guided me understood me still understands me it's it's um, I'm a very very lucky person
1: the, the the social science that happens when you talk to people who are creatives musically inclined invariably there's so many great parents out there of both types, all types. Uh, But we've had many, many people on this show who have distinctly pointed out and said, my mom put up with me being an annoying, creative performing kid at a young age and encouraged me and helped me get there. So ah, peace to all the moms out there. Pour one out for you. Love that. Um, Last question here on Shed Talk. Uh, Voodoo by D'Angelo is an album about a lot of things. And on one track, he implores us with the question, how does it feel you just released your new record to widespread acclaim and continue to tour with your own band and some of the greatest musicians working today to paraphrase d'angelo jeha jennifer hartswick how does it feel
0: liberating mm. does it feel good to you it feels <laughs> so good it feels liberating to to um to have made something that I love and made something that I'm proud of with people that I absolutely adore. And quite honestly, to finally have it out. It's all, It fe- the whole thing was very cathartic and it feels liberating to have it out.
2: Mm. I,
1: I'm i going to check again, Checks notes here. I think you have just won Chad Talk here ah! on the Real Wolf Record Club. <laughs> That's Jha, Jennifer Hartswick winning Ched talk here on the Real Wolf Record Club. We're gonna take a quick break. Come back and finish our discussion uh, with Jaha about Voodoo by D'Angelo. Reminder to check us out at realwolfrecordclub.com, on Instagram at real Wolf record club. I think we're on Twitter temporarily, at least. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For now, we stop. Before we have to start paying twenty dollars to get.
0: Yeah, I you think, got eight bucks. Verified.
1: Yeah, eight bucks. Eight yeah. bucks. Um, yeah, yeah. If Stephen King ain't doing it, neither are we. At <laughs> go to check it out. At Real Wolf RC on Twitter uh, and find out all about our great guests and all the episodes coming up. This is the Real Wolf Record Club.
0: Hey, this is Jennifer Hartswick, and you're listening to the Real Wolf Welcome Club. Like, is that how you say it? Real Real, Real Wolf Welcome Club.
1: Welcome back to the Real Wolf Record Club. We're here talking with Jennifer Hartswick. Uh, She's just released a new album, Something in the Water. She's told us all kinds of interesting insights about her career and the weirdest brass players out there. Totally tuba guys. Uh, but now let's turn. I mean, you're all listening. Uh, people tune in. They want to hear about our guests. They want to talk to our guests. And they also want to know uh, what it is about the album uh, that we're going to talk about. What drew them to it? And that album is... It's God. I don't. It's it's easy to describe and hard to describe at the same time. Uh, D'Angelo, uh, his record Voodoo. It's it's an album that, if you know, you know. We've talked about the roots on the show. We've talked about other influences in the late nineties, two thousands, hip hop, R and B era. It's an album that you hear, and it sounds so different and so unique and yet so in that world, that orbit of The Roots and Method Man and Red Man and all those great characters that came together to make this. So uh, before we talk about our first, or our favorite song off that record, I do wanna ask Jennifer, what, what is it that drew you to this album? Cause you know, we always talk to our guests and say, what's you know, a record that's really special to you. And this is the one you wanted to talk about. So tell us about
0: that. Yeah, so um, I was in college when this came out. And like I was saying before, I mean, I was like super jazz nerd, you know, there Mm -hmm. is no other music. And then until I got to be 18, 19 years old. And then I went to college and started meeting all sorts of amazing people that I'm still friends with that still play music together, uh, you know, to this day. And and that album came out um, at the end of my freshman year of college, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone I knew was listening to it. It was like, it was a non-negotiable, and, and when I say listening to it, I mean like front to back, front to back, front to back, four hours in a row where no one would speak except to be like, oh my God, when something amazing would happen. You have to also understand that like jazz kids yell at everything, like when they're moved by something, and, and to have a bunch of jazz kids go to a classical concert will do the same thing, which is completely inappropriate. Um, with like an amazing cello part and we're like, why? Yeah, so it's sort of just like part of that culture. But um, that. it was like, it was such, this record was such an awakening for me of, mm. of what is, um, what's out there that encompasses all this amazing stuff that I knew about and amazing stuff I didn't know about. And, and you know, grooves that grooved so hard, it was like impossible not to make that stank face. And, and but also like the vocals were so beautiful, but like nasty at the same time. And um, the musicianship within mm-hmm. that album is just, it's so through the roof. Um, it's where, it's the first time I, for the first time I had heard the name Pino Palladino um mm-hmm. and i mean obviously i knew who questlove was and and that kind of stuff but um it was the the first time i had heard charlie hunter play like that mm-hmm. um there's really just like there were a lot of firsts for me with that album but i mean I can never, ever even count how many times I've listened to it, but it's thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And I think part of the charm of it also was that we were all having this experience together. Like my closest friends and I were all just bugging out so hard about this album um, and everybody for their own reasons. But that's what, so when it came out, that was like a a huge discovery for, for me.
1: And I what it's so interesting you say that because I do think there's something unique about Music is such a, I don't want to say mystical, but there's not a better word for it. And that it, the way it hits you, the way it strikes you, the way it hooks into you, it to, that we talked about it earlier, time, place, whether it be the the yeah. room you recorded in, the room you play in, where you were when you heard a song. Um, Peter Jesperson, uh, manager of the Replacements, earlier on the, the, the uh, different episode talked about he knew where he was when he heard a Beatles song. He remembers exactly the room yeah. with the people. He was there. Yeah and it's just i don't know if it's a first love type thing you just this I remember this album so long ago but there is something common about the music experience that is yeah. hard to define and pin down yep. um
0: i also well, think that there was something magical about the fact that we were all studying music of the past it's like as a we were all jazz majors and so we're all studying music that happened you know in the 60s and the 50s like maybe some stuff that happened 10 years ago but we never like we were never talking about anything current and no. to have something that came out while we were all there is also incredibly special where it's like oh there's oh wait people are making music now that That's matters like, <laughs> really no we should all listen to it yeah
2: it yeah. was like
0: a, it was a weird epiphany for me
1: hmm Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's something that, that, that's what I love. You know, we get to come on the show and we get to talk to people about music that's special to them. And it's so whatever the record is, whatever the artist is, whatever their background is, you always find that experience that there's some place, some time, some intersection of all these planes where that music hit me at that time. And it's forever locked in my soul and in a good way, not, not something that's torturous, but something that's just completely beautiful forever. So Love that. Uh, And with that, melodrama aside, with that, uh, let's talk about our favorite song on the record, D'Angelo's Voodoo. Uh, I I want to start with you, Ben. I want to hear, you are a big Roots guy, as we saw on our episode with Laserbeak talking about uh, things fall apart by the Roots. Let's talk about your favorite track on this record.
4: Wow. This one was really tough for me. In some ways, I felt like there was a lot of uh, sameness on this album but i say that in like the very best way possible. It's it's an album that has such a voice. And if you're into that voice like i was, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um it all sounds just so great and there's so much variety to to paraphrase it. to paraphrase 2 Chains, it's that's a vibe. It's totally a that's a vibe. vibe. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. For me I had to pick a song that I felt like pulled that experience together. So it's the groove, it's the soul, it's the layers of vocals and the harmonies, the falsettos, the runs, the staccato, like it's mm. everything. Like it's all of those things. And I say it's Sameness because like the whole album like continues that vibe, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, so with, with all of that said, my song is The Line. And I, I think it's just because it's it's a jam. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like Send It On, but I, I think it's better. And just the, the harmonies and the layers in that song are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt like that was the best, to me, like the best embodiment of my album experience. So that was why it was my favorite. What's crazy about that, you know, you, you hit on
1: something, Ben, for sure, that, you know, we talked about it, this album kind of being a part of that soul universe, that roots, that quest love universe and and that sound of the late nineties, but being completely different. And, and to your point about there being a sameness, a commonality, a thread that you pull out. If you look up the writers of the songs, there's a lot of people that contributed to this record. There's a lot of different, um, great musicians and great artists. But then when you look at the producer and the people that, you know, obviously, you know, D'Angelo had his hands, as you would expect, but maybe not so 20 years later, he had his hands all over this record. And I think that is at least part of what crafted a lot of that similar sound is that he had a vision he was creating. We all know this record came about after what he describes as an intense period of of writer's block. And, you know, there's uh, some things that happened to him personally, the birth of his son and things that led to this breakthrough. But you, I think you're right, Ben, you pull out that same thread um and and it's 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 something really special but um also a shout out to the album cover if i can just say um one half is maybe the most attractive man from the 90s that picture um (laughs) the other half i do have to say the old english writing and it, it all looks like it could be stitched on the back of like some jeans that you know like casino guys would wear like just really it's like half the casino you know like right. dudes that go to concerts at casinos you know they got the stitched jeans and they drive you know i
3: wish like, everyone could see hannah's face right now that's all i wish <laughs> sorry carry on what's funny I, is joe has definitely been to concerts at casinos so i definitely <laughs> i'm not sure what you're making fun of
1: <laughs> i'm just all i'm saying is stitched jeans as a very niche demographic of fan and i I'm trying to draw out that that half of the record where uh, D'Angelo on the front looks, I mean, he's D'Angelo. Come on, man. And then the other half is like Stitch Jeans Casino Fan. Anyways, anyways that is an A-side. Uh, Hannah, Big Talker, uh, what is your favorite song on this record?
3: I'm going with Spanish Joint. Um, mm-hmm. I really like the combination of sounds that are used in that song um and i don't know maybe i'm just imagining this but i feel like in like kind of like the late 90s ish early 2000s like there were not maybe a lot of artists but it was like common that like artists would have like a song on their album that would have that like spanish or like latin sound to it and it always came off as like kind of maybe like a little hacky or corny but it doesn't in this song and it has that like jazz element too which is such a like the combination just melds together so well and it's smooth but funky Mm. and it's just a really enjoyable song um and i found myself coming back to that one a lot to listen to like oh let's just Let's hear that one again, you know, so um, mm. yeah, it's definitely a Spanish Joint for me. I think that's a great song.
1: You know, it's funny you mentioned that writing credit on this song. Spanish joint is Roy Hargrove, who famous flugelhorn and trumpeter. Ah, huh? full circle. It, I mean, flugelhorn's got to be weirder than tuba, right?
0: Eh, uh, no. What?
1: Raise your no, hand if you don't know what a flugelhorn like, is. It's a softer
0: <laughs> trumpet. It's all in the same key. It just sounds a little more mellow. It looks like a trumpet. It's just a little bit bigger. The bell's flared out a little more.
1: What's the one where they put the, the cup over the end? Is you that a plunger? Do that
0: with anything? Oh, the actual mute? The is plunger you call a plunger?
1: Like well, it looks like a plunger head. <laughs> like they yeah. just, and then do you Is know that what it is?
0: Do you know what that's called? It's called what? a plunger.
1: <laughs> is that really what it's called?
0: Yeah, you go to the hardware store, and for two ninety nine, you get a kitchen plunger.
1: But is that or... what the trumpet people are using? The trumpet people. <laughs> the tribe of trumpet people, that's what they use. Is that actually it?
0: The, tr- the trumpet gang. The
1: yeah. The trumpet gang.
0: Or you can order one for 25 bucks, so that you don't have to go to the hardware store and get a one for 3 bucks. But it's all the same thing. Yeah, there's different kinds of mutes. But if that's the one that you're talking about, yeah, it's called the plunger mute or... My favorite thing was my, gra- my grandma needing one for a gig, needing a plunger mute, had and a so, oh, you're so cool. she, she goes into the local hardware store, and she's, she, she, took, she was unscrewing the handle off of the mm. plunger. And the guy who was working there looked at her and she goes, oh, I don't need that part of it. <laughs> like, he's just going to plunge the toilet with her hand. He looks at <laughs> her Just lady. get right You in. keep that. Reuse it. Was, <laughs> you know what? You can resell that. I just need this part of it. <laughs>
1: oh, I love that. Is, the, is there, I mean, truth, is there more cachet? I mean, are you guys are at the, 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 the trumpet events, the conventions and all that? Are you guys like, oh, look at this guy with his Amazon $25 mute? Versus like the guy with the prompt. I mean, is there a cachet in one?
0: I, I think uh, if you're spending a lot of money on garbage like that, you're you're trying to hide something. Hmm. If you show up with a crappy horn and sound good and a three dollar plunger, then you're smarter. You're doing
1: it right. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. All right. It's well,
0: glamorous, <laughs> not <a> glamorous <laughs> profession. <laughs> it's uh, like if you've got Gucci shoes and like play trumpet, you have a second job. Mm. You have a real job, actually.
1: <laughs> uh the other thing, you know, it's funny you say that. The other thing I brought back from Nashville aside from uh an infectious disease oh. was <laughs> again a moment where you wish you could see Hannah's face. I brought back a harmonica and decided yeah. I was going to teach myself harmonica. So my daughter, my wife and I now have a band and we count it off every night and we all riff on that thing that that nine dollar harmonica from the ryman auditorium i definitely have a second job is what i'm getting at Uh,
0: (laughs) for now uh,
1: for now uh jennifer your favorite track on this record you get the last word on the favorite song part
0: why do you don't have to answer this question
1: oh yeah i mean but mine's easy mine's devil's pie it's easy
0: it's a great song. It's
1: Devil's Pie. It's just got that such a quest love funk to it. It just rolls through it. It's it's that I think beat in. That's like the whitest statement ever. The beat in music. The beat got a really,
0: nice beat. You, you can really snap
1: along on the one. Right? <laughs> yeah, but but truly through that entire record, the the sameness is that you know it, it it's. It's so easy in it to see what he paints over it and how he fills into it. And yeah. the devil's pie is the thing for me. I'm obsessive about music in the sense that when I hear it and I like it, I play it over and over and over and, yeah. and over and over and just let it go. And that's the song that I come back to and find myself the test, the humming test. What am I humming along to? What am I singing in the hallway? That type of thing. So that's for me. So, but, but you, what's, what's your favorite, your track on this record?
0: Uh, For me, it's also Spanish joint. Um, I mean, Mm. there's so many that, that I love, but um, because uh it's the sort of the only one that's like real upbeat everything else is like sort of like super sexy vibe you know Mm -hmm. regardless of the content lyrically it's like that pocket is so beautiful and rich and deep and whatever and then you have this like you know charlie hunter doing his charlie hunter absurd guitar and bass Mm -hmm. thing all at the same time and then roy hargrove is all over it with that thing that like to me it's like the way that Roy plays all those trumpet stacks is the way that D'Angelo sings all those vocal stacks. It's like mm-hmm. they it's such a match made in heaven. They really like, as the kids say, Roy really understood the assignment. <laughs> uh, but it's like it's it, nobody was playing like that, you know what I mean? like as yeah. as um, as special as. D'Angelo's whole thing is and was at that time and innovative and there's no mistaking that that's him. There's also no mistaking that that's Roy Hargrove. Everyone right. in my school was now trying to sound like that at that time. Um, and so that that one's just like, that one's got vibe all over it. I also love the line. Um, that's the one that has the, um, I left my mojo, right? <laughs> left my mojo in my favorite suit, which I think is the mm. great. Greatest. I love my Mojo in my favorite suit. That makes sense. I love that one. The cover of Feel Like Making Love is like so much greater than any other version. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, (laughs) And I remember saying to, oh, Trey was like a couple years later and I was on the bus and he's like, what are you listening to? I was like, oh, feel like making love. And I just assumed that he knew what I meant. And he just looked at me with this look and he said, like, Did you like making to I just, No, you asshole.
2: D'Angelo. And
0: he's like, No, I don't know what that is. Let's have a good beat. <laughs> oh. I
1: love that Trey is a nerd about music to the point where he doesn't know certain references. That is awesome.
0: He didn't know about D'Angelo until like legit four years ago.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: Which was That's shocking really good. all of us and then we all had like a real <laughs> we learned it was great <laughs> it was great oh uh, yeah.
1: i love that i love that i love and that well...
0: also i mean left and right with method man and red man and like all that was i had a hard time with that because i know every word of all of the rapping and i can't really say most of it out loud <laughs> <laughs> I catch myself being like, lie, lie, sa- I'm sorry. <clears throat>
2: mm, mm, got it's it.
0: Lovely song. <laughs> it's not really one you can like sing out loud to your parents.
1: No, 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 no. But I mean, that and that's that hits on it too, because there is a, a universe of musicians and rappers and performers from the that era that have such a distinct sound that you'll never not be able to place it without yep. it sounding, without, wait, and it doesn't sound dated. There's certain music, it uh-huh. just doesn't sound dated. This doesn't uh-huh. sound like it's just for sure the nineties, like some, some R and B that you hear like rough riders and things that you're like, yeah, this is yeah. definitely from 1998. Got sure. it. I remember where I was. This yeah. is a record. This is an album that is, is truly timeless in that sense. Um, yeah well with that speaking of timeless uh one of our favorite things to do here on the real wolf record club is uh we we like to see we like to do playlists we like to do songs and talk about where they might fit and our former there's nothing cooler than this intro former wedding dj turned podcaster ben uh ben this is a great record i cannot wait to hear what you did with it put it on a playlist for us ben
4: Joe, happy to put it on a playlist. I went a lot of different directions with this yeah, album. I know. I know you did. <laughs> and uh, some of them were more appropriate than others. And uh, I ended up with something that, that I, I, I really like. And it is Soulful with two L's. And uh, I, I, just, I just wanted to put, uh, put together a mashup of, of modern, I'm going to call it modern songs that uh, are, are post-2000, <laughs> uh, that have this try to capture some of the D'Angelo vibe. And I, I really enjoyed putting this playlist together because it was kind of hard. It's kind of hard to find something that really just captures what he does because it is so unique and it is so cool. So I d- definitely cheated, and I put in things like Be Here with Raphael Sadiq featuring D'Angelo. Well, Nothing even matters. Hold on a second. You did not do baby making. I, I didn't. That's on the cutting I room had, floor. Oh! The cutting, the cutting room floor was, um, <laughs> uh, what was it? Moments of pleasure, oh. lifetime of responsibility. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> cut. Cut 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 which takes on new meaning
1: cut. when you know about you know he's his having his son and then writing this record and all that so yeah all
3: right okay
4: anyways the mashups. the, the baby making theme cutting room floor so this is just just a just a good solid playlist so we've got Lauren Hill nothing even matters again featuring d'angelo um but th- there's also some some newer stuff that I, I've really gotten into some of kind of the neo soul stuff so sunshine by salt some classics like uh erica badu didn't you know alicia keys if i ain't got you um i put on some jill scott with a long walk uh and then i'm I'm gonna go with the trifecta of, of some of my soul leaning more modern singers modern ish uh anthony hamilton leon bridges and john batiste so some great songs there. Can't let go, misses, and show me the way. Mm, 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 mm. Well,
1: it's I, if you followed us along the arc of the shows, Ben's uh, playlists have they've taken us many places. Some of them weirder than others, but this was a very normal, very normal, very well thought out playlist. And and for those of you on Spotify, uh, check us out. Uh, find us Real Wolf Record Club. We've got playlists there. You can check us out on the website https colon backslash backslash www.realwolfrecordclub.com <laughs> for the full safety website uh, at Real Wolf Record Club on Insta and at Real Wolf RC on Twitter. We are going to take a quick break, come back and finish with our ranking of Voodoo by D'Angelo with Jennifer Hartswick. This is the Real Wolf Record Club. Welcome back to The Real Wolf Record Club. We're here with our good friend Jennifer Hartzwick. Uh, we talked about so much. We've learned about so much. Um, and we're here to put a stamp on a great, great record, um, Voodoo by D'Angelo. It, it's kind of a running theme now, but not that you've figured out if you're with us this far, you know that we're talking about great music, great records. We very rarely have somebody come on and say, oh, this record sucks, even though I wanted to talk about it. Uh, so, but but I mean, yeah, that, that to me... We've talked about It's the food principle. Jha shared that she's a cook. I learned to cook sort of over the pandemic. Uh, It's the food principle. You don't want to talk about food you don't like. You don't come and be like, oh, that was the worst dinner I had. That's not fun. It gave me indigestion. No, no, no. You want to talk about albums and food that has a vibe. Things that you remember. Things that you enjoy. That you share together. And this is a record you heard jennifer talk about it it's a record that she shared with friends it's a record that she experienced and remembers time place location context who was with her that's that's to me what music does if it does nothing else is it fills rooms it fills heads it fills uh places that we all share together and that's what this record really does i think i think voodoo is an album that when your toddler's not at home and maybe you have the house to yourself for like once in like three years i love you honey
0: it's very, <laughs> very specific
1: you can put it on very specific vibe here very specific vibe you can put it on your record player in the basement and you can crank it as loud as you can get it and you can let it fill that room and feel that feel all the instruments feel all the sexy sultry uh up-tempo vibe that is on this record um, so for me, it's it's a real easy ranking. And remember our, our ranking is bury it, borrow it, buy it, or buy it again. You know, in the record world, you love a record so much that you wear it out. The needle tears that thing up. You need a one, one to rock, one to stock, buy it again. I'm easy, buy it again. I think this is such an incredible record. It's one that again, the 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 podcast, the whole show thing has exposed us to all to new music, hopefully, stuff that we might know of but not have listened to. I knew this record a little bit. Not not like I do now, and I'm so glad we got a chance to to dig it and experience it. Um, so I'm gonna buy it again. Hannah, what, what's your ranking of the record? And and remember, you know, we share the same record, so if I bought it again, that <laughs> means typically you bought it again too. But what what's your stamp on it?
3: I'm gonna say buy it again, also especially for the uh, untitled music video. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it is good i mean i don't care what i mean that video is as we say in minnesota oof,
4: oof, something else uh ben your ranking of this record well i got i gotta give a little context first and that i am a trey anastasio late to the voodoo party uh and i had never really fully kind of experienced this album just kind of consuming singles and like a lot of albums that I've enjoyed in life I listened to it through the first time and I was like yeah that's good and then I listened to it again <laughs> and you're like no that that was really good and then you like listen it listen to it like the third or the fourth time and you're like wow this is amazing so it's just it's uh like I said before it's one of those mushroom albums not not based on what you're consuming but it just kind of <laughs> grows on you. Have you said that before? Uh, like a like a fungus. Uh, our our good friend, actual Wolf, uh, uh, was a guest, and uh, I think particularly enjoyed the the thought of of a mushroom album. Uh, uh So I, I say all of that context. Full
1: circle on that one, Ben. Thanks. <laughs> yeah,
4: I, I say all of that context to say I, I I really am digging this album now, and I'm gonna go with. I have one other comment too. I was really not expecting to get as strong a Prince vibes off of this album as I did. Mm. It was, it felt like to me, some, some mad scientist took Prince and they said, let's tone it down a little bit and kind of like smooth out that groove a little bit. And then just really upgrade your vocals. <laughs> and then mm. they said, let's call this, uh, D'Angelo. <laughs> wow. I I, uh, I took a note and I said it's like the luxury model of Prince. Oh, of just it just like takes all of it, amplifies it, and this is that's hard to say as someone from Minnesota. Like the luxury, the luxury model of Prince. But the opinions that's just of what Ben are not
1: the opinions of the real Wolf Record Club.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it just felt so. I mean, it just feels so rich after you listen to it. Like there's just yeah. so much there. And there's a, you know, Joe, as you talked about, there's just so much contribution, but still all feels so together. And mm-hmm. I just love that. And I'm gonna give it um, a, a one to wear and one to share, I buy it again. And I'm, I'm gonna take the, the lead of, of my good friends, Hannah and Joe, who are, are the absolute best at that concept of finding an album that they love And then giving it to someone else and saying, hey, I found this great band or I listened to this great song. You got to listen to this album. And then it shows up like wrapped on my birthday, um, (laughs) which is awesome. Uh, And so I think I need to share this one with somebody else that hasn't heard it um, and let them experience it.
2: Mm -hmm.
4: Well, on that note, uh, our
1: good friend, Jennifer Hartswick, j Ha, you get the last word on this record. What do you give it? (laughs)
0: I'm going to burn it.
1: <laughs> get rid of it. I hate it.
0: I'm actually going to take the copy that Ben buys for his friend and burn that. And then, um, <laughs> Did you mean I, burn I, it like
4: on a CD? I, and, like, yeah, yeah, are we talking <laughs> about piracy here? Because uh, I mean, that's not something the uh, Real Wolf record, Club get behind. <laughs> the Wolf record Club can get behind.
0: Oh, man. Uh, I have two copies already and I still buy it again. That's how I
1: feel mm. about it. It's such a great record.
0: Let's and... buy it again. Um, yeah, I'm buying it again for the third time. <laughs> you get it? It was like, let's do it again. Let's buy it again. Do you yeah. get it?
1: And so, what I know from editing is if I shut up and you do that, Ben can isolate that and put it on. The- <laughs> Like, that's Jennifer Hartswick. She did that on our show, so we can use it a million times. Got it. Um, it's, it's, it is that good. It is Anytime
4: that Anytime
0: someone gives it a buy it again, you can just use that. it like, <laughs> there you go. sound effect. Yes. Put it
4: in the library. Yes. I love
2: it. I love that's
0: it. A been... Library. We put it in the library. Library. <laughs>
1: that's that, that, that Vermont education there. I love it.
0: Yeah. From Vermont, it. I do what I want.
1: It is it is that, but it is that good of a record. And it's something that, you know, Ben Ben has on a good point. We hope that you're listening to it. And number one, you're enjoying it wherever you are. If you're alive, if you're able to access a podcast and listen, hopefully you're doing okay. And hopefully music brings you joy and our guests bring you joy. And we bring you joy because that's what's brought us joy is talking with good friends, good people about music that makes us happy. And that share it piece, share music with each other. You know, share the podcast. That's great. But- Check out Jennifer Hartswick record, uh, Something in the Water. Check out all the stuff she's doing with such great musicians, such talented people. Check out D'Angelo Voodoo. It, it's, there's a lot of, lot of ways to feel bad in this world right now, and music is definitely not one of them. There are so many good ways to enjoy it. Um, Jennifer, j ha, where can people check it out? People are listening. They just heard my little moment where I get on my soapbox and I tell them to love each other. How can they go out and show love to you? How can they support you?
0: Um, you can honestly just come to a show. Go to JenniferHartzer.com find out where I'm going to be show up with some friends, that's it Like you're sharing music, go share an experience I promise we will entertain you and if Mm. we don't entertain you, I'm not giving your money back but uh, (laughs) I'm not giving your money back but you don't have to buy the beautiful delicious purple vinyl on the way out how about that? Ooh! But if you do want to, it's really gorgeous. It's a go- It's gorgeous.
2: Mm. I can like get, the
0: inside can, of it, but the packaging is also really delicious.
1: Can they get mm. that vinyl at your website?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Oh, uh, love it, JenniferHartswick.com. Uh, check everything out, Jennifer Hartswick. Check out Voodoo. Check us out at the Real Wolf. Actually, RealWolfRecordClub.com at instagram at real wolf record club twitter at real wolf rc Um, we've got so much more coming up Uh, we're not stopping we're not slowing down it's just too much fun talking to such great people like jennifer hartswick about great music like voodoo by d'angelo um follow us join us join the conversation online follow our guests support great music support great artists uh this is the real wolf record club
4: This has been the Real Wolf Record Club podcast, a production of Real Wolf Productions, LLC, a limited liability company. The show is produced by Ben Head and hosted by Joe Vantomi, with musical credits to the incomparable Laserbeak. Follow us and join the club on Instagram at Real Wolf Record Club or on Twitter at Real Wolf RC. Check out our website at realwolfrecordclub.com to find all our episodes, guest information, playlists, and merch created by Ward Sutton. Join us next episode when we discuss the 1975 album Sabotage by Black Sabbath.